The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everyone. I want to welcome you to the April It's 7 Up Time event, and this is sponsored by the Mountain State Council of the Blind. For those who don't know, we are the West Virginia affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, and we're kind of a small organization, but we try to remain active. I want to thank everyone for joining us this evening. Um, and I want to thank, and I hope I don't miss anybody, but I'm sorry if I do. Uh, Darcy is our host, and when it's time, he will uh, remind people to raise their hand and whatever to ask questions. We have Chanel Allen, who is streaming on ACB Media, and I'll probably embarrass her, but that's Chanel's lovely voice that you heard on the Zoom directions. So this evening, uh, first we're going to hear from some presenters, then there'll be time for questions, and at Toward the end of the time, I will announce our May at 7 up time because you will not want to miss it. Uh, so stay tuned. So I'm going to introduce uh, Marianne Grignon and Andy Bernstein from Accessible Pharmacy. And I don't know how they want to handle it, but take it away, the two of you. Well, yours, Andy. Oh, okay. Well, well I'll say, mm -hmm. so, first of all, thank you so much, Donna, for that warm introduction. Chanel, now I know that it's your voice <laughs> that I hear regularly, so I'm excited to uh, connect with you. Um, I recognize a few other names here, so hello, everyone. Uh, Melissa, I, I just saw your email, so uh, I'll get back to you later on that, but I'm glad you're here, too. Um, so, Marianne, just, how do you want to do this? you want me to just give the background? Yeah, and then give I'll the background, and I'll pick up, and then you can finish off. Sounds good. So uh, that being said, hello, everyone. Um, I'm Andy, and this is Marianne. We are from Accessible Pharmacy Services for the Blind. Um, I'm in Philadelphia, in West Philadelphia. Uh, Marianne is in Florida, although she's originally from Pennsylvania, which is actually where we met originally. Um, so for those of you who aren't familiar with us, I can share a little bit of background about how we got started as a company and sort of like... How, the evolution of our company to where we are today and let you know about a few things that we're working on, uh, you know, for the rest of 2023 and into 2024. And then Marianne will actually break down actually what we do to support our patients and what really makes us unique um, and how we're able to help our patients, you know, live more independently and live with less stress and live healthier lives. It's, it's pretty dynamic what we've done uh, in a pretty short period of time. So the background of our company is uh, the idea is a, between five and six years old at this point. Um, uh, I was running a, uh, a healthcare marketing firm and we were developing strategies around, it's just accessibility in general. Um, our clients were in the, the healthcare space, um, physicians' offices, healthcare system, the pharmaceutical industry. <clears throat> so we were just uh, learning like how to support our clients with issues of accessibility. We were playing with some technology, about ways like assistive technologies for computer systems. Um, and uh, at the time, um, I knew this guy, Alex. And I didn't know too much about Alex. I knew Alex from Little League. Our kids used to play ball together. 
And what I knew about Alex was we lived near each other. Our kids were friendly. He was a really nice guy. And Alex is blind. So I was like, oh, I'm going to reach out to that guy, Alex, from Little League. And I'm going to pick his brain a little bit. And we had a mutual friend who uh, his, his kids went to school with uh, my friend's kids. So I got Alex's email address. I shoot him an email and we meet up for a cup of coffee. And I got to hear Alex's story. Uh, Alex was diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa in his teens. Uh, he went to college at UNLV in Las Vegas because he wanted to be in the hospitality industry. So he was going to school. He was working part-time in the casinos and the hotels to really learn the, like, the industry from the ground up. Um, and he started, as upon graduation, he started working in the hospitality industry. But uh, by the time he turned 25, he lost all of his sight and realized that there weren't too many opportunities for blind hotel managers. So he moved back to Philadelphia uh, and he ultimately earned a PhD. Uh, and he wrote his, from Drexel University, for those of you who are familiar with Philly, um, he wrote his doctoral dissertation on the accessibility of the American marketplace for consumers who are blind. And within it, there was a whole section about healthcare. So here I am thinking like, oh, I'll hang out with Alex. We'll have coffee. We'll talk about our kids. We'll talk about baseball and uh, whatever. I'll, I'll pick his brain and we'll wrap it up. Little did I know that Alex is arguably the foremost expert when it comes to uh, accessibility and, and consumer experiences. And so this one-time cup of coffee became like a pretty regular thing. We would drop our kids off at school. Our kids went to school like two blocks from each other. And we'd meet at this cafe that was like right in the middle. And over the course of like a year, we would just brainstorm different ideas. And uh, he actually, I mean, fast forward to today, Alex is my best friend now, right? But at the time, you know, he really helped me understand the challenges that he as a consumer and his academic research uh, sort of validated, like the challenges that exist as a blind person navigating healthcare, you know, whether that be uh, ending up in an emergency room, scheduling a doctor's appointment, coordinating your health insurance, going into a pharmacy, managing medication, managing diabetes. It um, really helped me understand like the challenges that exist. And while he explained to me that there are a lot of companies that are doing some really cool and progressive things, um, there's no one that's really offering an A to Z solution. Um, about you know the, the whole concept of you know how do you make sure that every touch point you have with a patient who is blind, make sure that every touch point is as accessible as you can make it be. So Alex and I naively, this is about four and a half years ago, decided to write a business plan. Like what would it be like if we created a, an accessible healthcare company from the ground up that made sure that every touch point that we had was as accessible as it could be? And you know, don't forget, this was pre-pandemic. So we held some focus groups in Philadelphia with some uh, blind adults. We uh, got some feedback from some friends of ours at the ACB. We got feedback from Kirk Adams from the AFB. He was the former president of the AFB. He was incredibly generous with introductions and help and support. We drove down to Baltimore to the NFB headquarters. We got some feedback from them. And when it was all done, what we realized was that everyone sort of validated us. You know, what we were proposing doing was, has not been done before. And so we decided to focus on the pharmacy industry first within the healthcare world. And uh, we pulled in a third business partner because at the end of the day, Alex and I were creative. Uh, Alex is an academic. I'm a marketing person. <clears throat> you know, we don't know the first thing about medication other than as consumers. We brought in our third business partner, Dr. Jason Barrett. Uh, Jason has his doctorate in pharmacy. 
And he spent like the first 20, 25 years of his career really focusing on medication management solutions for people with cognitive and intellectual disabilities. Um, he did a great deal of work in assisted living facilities, whether it be like group homes or quote unquote, like nursing homes and old age homes and old age communities. And uh, when we connected up with Jason and we shared with him like our vision, he was like, oh, I get this. He goes, I need to understand the blind community, but the concept of personalized medication was something he was very familiar with. What do I mean by personalized medication? Um, unlike the traditional pharmacy model, like CVS or Walgreens or Rite Aid, and by the way, I'm not disrespecting them. They're amazing, amazing companies. Um, they make billions and billions of dollars and they make billions and billions of dollars because they've perfected that one size fits all model. Where you get your prescription, you go into the store, you walk out with your meds. Um, but for a patient who may have need some additional support or who has some special needs or has some challenges with the way that model exists, um, they're not really set up to do it, to support that patient. And so, so Jason was like, that's personalized medication. That's speaking to the individual and figuring out who is this person? What, is, what, are, what are their health issues? What's their comfort level with technology? What are their challenges with managing medication, managing diabetes? Um, what's working for them? What's not working for them? Et cetera, et cetera. So long story short, we decided to launch the company. And we launched our business in April 2020, like smack at the beginning of the pandemic. And at the time, you know, we knew like everyone else. We're like, ah, whatever. It's, it's like the flu. It'll be over in a month. But obviously, we all know what transpired. But nevertheless, we, we plowed forward and we, we started to grow. Um, and today we now have approximately 65 employees, 25% of our staff, uh, are, are blind themselves and we're growing and our growth comes a few ways. Our growth comes, you know, geographically, you know, we add new States, we go into new markets. Um, our growth comes every day because we, we add new patients every single day. We add new patients, but the exciting growth that we have is, is like the qualitative growth is you know, it's amazing when you when you sincerely ask a patient or a healthcare provider or a nonprofit or a government agency who's connected to a, a single patient, you know, what can we be doing to be more accessible? What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? You know, how do we overcome your challenges together and really work with that patient? It's amazing. Our patients tell us everything. And it takes a lot of the guesswork out of how we need to grow our business. Um, our business is not only providing services and helping our patients our patients are actually fueling the growth of our business because they're telling us what to do and it takes all the guesswork out of it we learn every day about how to be more accessible about what other kinds of solutions exist in the marketplace because at the end of the day like we're agnostic towards solutions you know we don't care what kind of packaging labeling support education it is if it works for you we're going to try to figure out a way to integrate it into your model and so um it's pretty incredible and what's amazing, before I'm going to pass the microphone to Marianne in a second, um, what's amazing is that that concept, which seems like it's kind of novel, no one's doing it. You know, we're the only ones who do what we do. We're the largest blind owned healthcare company in the country. And we're the only company that supports blind, deaf, blind, and, and low vision patients the way we do in the world. And it really comes down to that, you know, working with that patient one on one. It's incredibly rewarding for us. And what's amazing is that just by building the model the way that we did, other populations gravitate towards us um, because other populations want personalized medication also and personalized support too. So now, whereas we started off focusing on blind and low vision, 
we slowly start to work with blind, low vision, and deaf blind. Uh, we do a great deal of work with the Helen Keller National Center. Um, uh, and then that slowly bled into supporting deaf patients. And uh, for us learning, like, all right, how do you support a deaf patient? Um, and then from there into the paralysis community and into the neurodiverse community. Um, after Marianne's talking, I'll tell you a really cool, actually, I'll, I'll, share, I'll share the story now. Um, I don't want to steal your thunder, but one of the solutions, just one of the solutions we have for patients is uh, we have a collection of audio labels. And Marianne can talk about them, but, but these are basically medication labels that read the medication information out loud to the patient. Uh, we got a call from the Allegheny County Department of Health, uh, which is basically Pittsburgh, um, that they have refugees and asylum seekers under their care, primarily a great deal from uh, Afghanistan. And what they were identifying is that these patients, not only do they not speak a word of English, um, a significant portion of them are illiterate. And they asked, like, hey, we learned about your talking labels that you provide for the blind community. Um, can that read medication information out loud in Pashto and Dari and Arabic and Urdu and Hindi, like all these different languages from, from South Asia? Um, it turns out we can. And so we just recently kicked off a whole initiative focusing on supporting individuals uh, who are refugees or asylum seekers or new immigrants who um, want medication printed in medication labels in their language. We're now able to print medication labels in 200 languages. Um, we can do about 50 languages through audio labels. Um, and we're learning. And so it's it's pretty cool. It was a solution that we uh, embraced for the blind community. Um, and we're ultimately able to plug it into another community that has their own challenges with access. For them, their challenge is primarily language. Um, but it was just pretty cool how that came about. So that being said, I'm going to pause for a sec. I'm going to pass the microphone to Marianne. She'll tell you about herself. Um, I'll just tell you a little bit more about what we do that makes us accessible. It's important to know that the things that we do that make us accessible, there's no charge for it. Uh, we make our money by being reimbursed by uh, insurance companies. In certain states, we do get some support from the states as well. Um, but um, all right, I, I'm really going to stop talking now. Marianne? <laughs> I'm going to put myself on mute. It's all you. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I'm Marianne Bergnon. I am um, living in Florida. I'm currently a member of um, a local, well, of Florida Council of the Blind and of the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind. Um, I am a parent of two daughters who I had to raise without the benefit of things like accessible pharmacy services for the blind. Um, I've been a legal assistant. I've been a Randolph Shepherd vendor, and now I work for Accessible Pharmacy Services for the Blind as an outreach specialist. Um, and they are a company um, that fits right into my wheelhouse in terms of encouraging people toward independence and self-reliance. And um, so, so get right into enough about me. Into um, first, what we provide. So, like any pharmacy, we provide prescription medications. Um, the same kinds of, of um, prescription medications that you can get at any pharmacy from A to Z. Um, we provide diabetic supplies all the way from glucose monitoring systems to insulin to syringes. We provide prescription pet meds, not things like um, heartworm pills, but things like if your dog requires um, insulin or requires um, medication for seizures, those kinds of um, Pet medications can be packaged and labeled and sent to you just like um, people medications. Um, Over-the-counter infant um, single-dose liquid medications um, for tummy and sore throat and cold medications, fever reducers, that kind of thing. 
We provide vitamin supplements, over-the-counter meds, and some medical devices that are accessible like um, thermometers, blood pressure monitors, and glucose monitors. So that's what we provide. Now, um, as Andy said, everything that makes accessible pharmacy services for the blind accessible is provided free of charge. Um, so whether it's accessible labeling, packaging, or the support we provide, it's all provided free of charge. So we'll start with labeling. We can label medications in large print, um, black on a white background or white on a black background. We can provide labeling in grade one or grade two braille. Of course, we can provide in regular print. And then we have a couple of different options for audio labeling, as Andy had started to mention. Um, we can provide using Script Talk, which um, is a system provided by Envision America. Um, it essentially is a sticker with an embedded chip, um, a computer chip in, in, in it, and it is adhered to the somewhere on the packaging, whether it's on the bottom of the package or somewhere on the packaging. And you use either their machine, which is about the size of an alarm clock, or you can download a free app and you hold the bottle over either one of those and it will read every bit of the medication information that you could possibly want to hear um, side effects and dosage and um, renewal time and the doctor and anything that is provided in that hunk of paper that's attached to stapled to the bag that you could walk out with it at another pharmacy. It's all read for you and um, using the script talk or way around tags. Um, the same concept. Um, it's a QR code that um, way around um, reads and the same kinds of information would be read using the way around tags. We are also developing our own um, app in, in conjunction with the Helen Keller Institute, National Institute. Um, and this app will um, do essentially some of the same. It will um, read the information via text message if the person has either residual hearing or residual vision. Um, it will read, um, or it can be connected to a braille display and come up on a braille display. So um, it'll interface with your braille display. So, um, and that's being developed for the for those who are um, deaf and blind or hard of hearing. <clears throat> and as Andy mentioned, the um, audio labels can read in multiple languages. So he said 50 languages and the print labels can be printed in 200 languages. Um, so, you know, for our, I know we um, are really moving forward in our multi, multiple multicultural um, efforts at, at ACB. So um, for those who are Spanish speaking or speak other languages, that is something to keep in mind. Um, okay. Um, in terms of our packaging, our accessible packaging, that's ever-changing, but just to mention a few um, options, <clears throat> excuse me, we have um, disposable pill organizers that can be organized for a month or a week um, it, according to how you take your medications. We use the pill pack machine. We have the exact same machine that Amazon uses called pill pack, where the pills are um, sealed into cellophane 
um, small cellophane little packets that um, pull out of a box one after the other and they're perforated. So you just pull one off and take your meds and then the next one is ready for you. Um, we have various sized um, pill containers, pill bottles. Some are the standard um, childproof bottles, but we also have um, larger containers that are easier to open if you have some issues with dexterity. We're working with Temple University to develop something for people with serious issues um, caused by paralysis or um, spinal injury. Um, and um, lastly, we um, pride ourselves in the kind of support that we provide. So our pharmacists will liaison with your doctors um, they will take a profile of your medications. I'll get to um, that at the end, how we get started with you, but take a profile of your medications, look at them, see if anything has any kind of contraindications. Um, sometimes if you're um, taking um, your regular medications, you might add supplements to that. Um, you might add, um, you know, nutrients or um, other things that, that you've heard about. Um, and sometimes there are contraindications, unintended side effects and unintended contraindications. Um, so they'll take a look at that and, and um, give you a kind of leg up on, on what you might change or what, what's working and what's not. And then we are um, the pharmacy on Be My Eyes. We are the, um, we, we can offer support by use with Be My Eyes. So you can go to Be My Eyes and um, under um, specialized services, um, we're listed there. So if you need a um, video, audio, visual um, kind of assistance, um, you can use us, you can use Be My Eyes for that. So let's say that you receive our packaging, you receive your medications and you're a little confused as to what the, how the packaging might work or you need um, assistance looking at a new piece of medical equipment, you can call in to be my eyes and um, and uh, get that kind of audiovisual assistance. And our customer service reps are all trained to, to address um, you as a visually impaired person and to um, speak with you um, in, in, in as descriptive a, a way as possible. So they're all, they all have had sensitivity training to people with vision loss. We communicate with um, our, our deaf patients through VRS, Video Relay Service, and we're competent at that. We have held um, many webinars, some of which were breast cancer and blindness, diabetes and blindness. We have um, done a comparison of some of the major glucose monitoring systems. We have done an eye drop administration conference uh, webinar, and we had a major um, blind health fair where we had thousands of participants and somewhere near 120 um, vendors, exhibitors. And coming up on June 16th, we'll be holding a glaucoma and blindness um, webinar. All of the past webinars can be found on our website in our, in, uh, on, um, and so if, if um, any of those are of interest, go to our website at www.accessiblepharmacy.com and check them out. 
Um, as Andy mentioned, our newest endeavor as a result of some of the other things that we've been doing, like the audio labels, is in um, assisting asylum seekers and refugees. Um, so what, what do you do if you are interested in using accessible pharmacy services for the blind? So the first thing you could do is you should do is call our, us and you can do that either by asking Siri to do it for you by saying Siri call accessible pharmacy services and they'll either, depending on your settings, dial it directly or they'll ask you if it's, they'll give you our address and ask you if that's the one that you want. And um, you just tell them yes and tell Siri yes and she'll connect you, he or she. So you get in contact or you can dial directly at 888-633-7007. We'll give you that number again later. And someone answers the phone and they have a conversation with you that takes probably about 15 to 20 minutes. They ascertain your insurance. They get your insurance information. They talk to you about your um, the level of your um, vision whether you have some vision, no vision, what are your technological skills, if any. Um, they talk about who your doctors are, and then they and then they get to work on your behalf. And in about a day or two, they call you back and they go over um, all of what they've, you know, what they've learned, and service can begin soon after that. So that is in a nutshell accessible pharmacy services for the blind and what makes us accessible. Um, I'm sure Andy has some things to talk about that I may have omitted. So Ann, that, that was awesome, Maria. Turn it back Marianne, to you. In a nutshell. In a nutshell. <laughs> oh, it's all right, <laughs> it's a big nut. <laughs> it's a big nut, that's cool. Um, yeah, that was awesome, Marianne. Um, you pretty much touched on everything. I said a few things to add to that. Um, one is uh, the big picture is like it's a work in progress. You know, uh, for some of you who have heard us speak before, it's like, you know, we are accessible pharmacy, but we're just literally we're scratching the surface on accessibility. It's not like there's a finish line where you cross the finish line. And you're like, oh, that's it. We're accessible. Um, we're learning every day about how to be more accessible. So it's the goal is not to be accessible it's to be more accessible and continue to be more accessible. There's always new trends in the marketplace. There's always new assistive and adaptive technologies. There's always new knowledge uh, within the community about medication management, about different healthcare topics, about accessibility in general. And so we're learning every day. But you know, what's amazing is that our, our ecosystem, our, our company, the culture of our company uh, is all about embracing accessibility. And as I mentioned, like not only are our patients you know, uh, benefiting from our services, our patients are actively involved with helping us to improve our model and to make us more accessible. So a, a patient that, who has a challenge and we're able to overcome that challenge with the patient creates a case study that we're able to plug into other patients that have similar challenges. And so um, it, it's, it's, it's incredibly exciting to be a part of. And um, I did leave something out. Please hit it. 
Well, it's, it's sort of, you know, it's all of what we've been talking about, but um, I, I would ask people to keep in mind and consider that if you're a caretaker for someone, whether it's a child or your parent or someone else that you might be a caretaker for, um, their medications, even if they're not visually impaired or blind or deafblind or anything, their medications can be and should be actually packaged and labeled in the same way that yours might be. Um, oh, Yes. Right. So anybody in the household, anybody you live with, um, any medicines in that medicine chest could and should be packaged and labeled just like yours are. Absolutely. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up because I, in my notes about what I was going to add, I, I, I wasn't going to include that, but that's important. Um, a few other things. Uh, so Marianne mentioned the webinar we're doing with glaucoma. We're incredibly excited about it. We just kicked it off last week. Uh, we have two like dynamic speakers. One is um, the president and CEO of the Glaucoma Foundation uh, is going to be speaking. And uh, from Columbia University's ophthalmology department, their head glaucoma specialist is, is going to be speaking. So um, if any of you have glaucoma, you know people who have glaucoma, um, it's, it's going to be a pretty cool uh, webinar. Um, our date for next year's expo is set. It's uh, December 1st and 2nd, which is a Friday and a Saturday. It's a virtual event. Um, it was cool. We ended up doing the Blind Health Expo last year. I don't know. We didn't know what to expect. We we're like, hey, we work with so many different groups that are all doing really good things for the blind community. Um, government agencies, nonprofits, healthcare systems, community organizations, pharmaceutical industry. Um, but we realized that quite often so many of these groups don't talk to each other. So we're like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we had a virtual event and invited people to have virtual exhibit booths and invited people to come and learn and share ideas with each other. And so we, we pushed the information out. We ended up having 118 exhibitors, um, including the ACB. Um, and we had thousands and thousands of attendees. And so this year we're hoping to make it to some of the feedback we got from people were like, I couldn't attend on Friday because I was at work. So we're going to do Friday and Saturday. We're going to have an award ceremony. Um, it's going to be so much more robust, better organized. because we, we, didn't, we didn't know what to expect. Um, and it, it was just awesome. So we're excited to, about that. It's going to be December 1st and 2nd. We'll be sending around stuff over the summer about it. Um, Marianne touched on some of our webinars, uh, you know, other, other webinars. We do have an ongoing series with University of Pennsylvania's Diabetes Education Center to create content. But um, there was one uh, webinar we did last year that Marianne mentioned, which is our, our, our breast cancer information for blind women. Within it, there is a five-minute uh, explanation from a radiation oncologist about for a blind woman about how to do a self-exam. And uh, what's cool about this, there's a lot of things that are cool about it. One is it's the first ever like robust, meticulous um, explanation for a woman who is blind about how to do a self-exam of her breasts. Um, and it sort of blew up, it went viral. And it's ultimately become like the default explanation for a woman who is blind about how to do a self-exam. And so I'm sharing this with you and punctuating it, which is, so my, my wife is a breast cancer survivor. And so it's something that means a great deal to me personally. Um, and thank God she's fine. But um, I encourage everyone to check it out and share it with uh, women in the community so um, that they can uh, learn about mammograms, learn about self-exams, and learn about um, all the different things related to breast cancer. Um, a few other things. Uh, we won a few awards over the last few years. And it's not like we need awards. It doesn't like, you know, we don't get like, we don't necessarily need awards, but it's cool to have organizations validate the work that we're doing. And these range from blind-specific and disability-specific organizations that have given us awards, like the Helen Keller National Center awarded us, the Viscardi Center 
uh, and their network of, of organizations all throughout New York have, have awarded us. Uh, one of the more exciting ones, it was actually after the first award we won, was uh, the federal government uh, awarded us the Advancement in Accessibility and Healthcare Award, which like, blew us away. It was us and Apple, right? That small technology company that won. Um, and it was just, it was really incredible. And it actually gave us an opportunity to collaborate with Apple. Um, and obviously we all know how cool Apple is. Like they're cool behind the scenes too. In fact, the programmer who uh, his team actually developed voiceover um, is blind himself. Um, it's pretty cool. Like a lot of the things that are coming down the, the pike uh, through Apple healthcare in particular um, touches desk and they're designed to be incredibly accessible. So we're excited to, to observe that as it happens. Um, if anyone's interested, uh, the New York Times wrote a feature article about us, um, which was a huge thrill. Like we love telling our story. We could talk all day long about it, what we do and how we came about. But hearing a journalist, like a New York Times level journalist, tell our story back to us was kind of a thrill. So if anyone wants to read it, just Google New York Times Accessible Pharmacy and it'll pop right up. It's, it's a little old now. It's like a year and a half old. It's almost like two years old at this point, but it's still pretty cool. It talks about the origin of our company and some of the people and some of the things that we do. Um, we just recently uh, finalized, we're going to have our third, this is our third summer, we're going to have uh, a college internship program. We employ college students who are blind, who want to pursue careers in healthcare, um, healthcare and or business. And so uh, we do it, it's through a grant from the New York State Commission for the Blind. And it's facilitated through visions out of New York City. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, it's a great opportunity for us to share what we know to these young uh, college students who want to pursue careers in healthcare and and, and uh, business. But um, we learned so much from these students, um, specifically around the area of like just like young blind adults who like embrace technology like thoroughly um, and are really up to the, the trends of technology and healthcare and solutions. And uh, um, it's it's pretty incredible. Um, we just uh, launched our new website last week, um, accessiblepharmacy.com. Um, we're still trying to get some of the kinks out of it. it it's pretty cool. Um, if anyone goes to the website and if you notice any accessibility issues, please email us. Uh, we're testing it internally. We've got a bunch of, we have, we have a lot of cooks in the kitchen giving us feedback about our website, but, um, we welcome everyone's feedback. So, uh, uh, if you email info, I-N-F-O, at accessiblepharmacy.com. If you have any feedback about the website, specifically around accessibility, that's what we're looking for right now. Um, we'd appreciate it. Also, if you have any questions in general, I mean, if anyone has any questions that they're not comfortable sharing here in a group about healthcare, please email us at info at accessiblepharmacy.com. Um, I, I get CC'd on that. So just reference this conversation and uh, I'll jump in and I'll make sure it's either someone from uh, our sales team, our communication team, uh, or, or our, our healthcare team can respond to that. Um, I do want to give a special shout out to uh, the ACB committee, uh, Diabetics in Action, um, Tom Tobin um, and Terry Suarez, um, who do some pretty incredible stuff. Uh, if any of you on the call are diabetic and um, you want to just learn about new trends, new legislation, um, to talk to other people who are dealing with their own challenges around diabetes, I encourage you to check it out. Um, what else? Oh, uh, in addition to doing the, some of our new initiatives, in addition to doing programs for uh, refugees and asylum seekers, which we're incredibly excited about, um, we're probably going to be kicking off another labeling initiative uh, focused on individuals with dyslexia. 
Um, it's pre pretty interesting. So my son has dyslexia and we just learned recently about, there's a whole collection of fonts that can be more easily read by someone who has dyslexia. Um, it doesn't, it's not, there's no scientific evidence for it, but my son, for example, has one font in particular, uh, it's called open dyslexia, um, that he finds a little bit easier to read. And he takes all of his school documents, trans, you know, shifts the fonts and, and it makes his schoolwork a lot easier. Um, we're working with the International Dyslexia Association to uh, run some focus groups. And we're probably gonna be launching a whole labeling initiative around a collection of medication labels that are favorable, that are easier to read for individuals uh, who have dyslexia. So that being said, um, Marianne, I, th I think I'm done. Do we miss anything now that we're, I see there, I noticed there are a few hands raised. I cannot think of anything you missed. If anyone comes to Philadelphia, let me know. I'll buy coffee or drinks. Um, and I just appreciate everyone's time. Thank you so much. Um, Donna, do you want to be the MC for the hands raised or do you want me to call on people? Uh, Darcy is doing that. Oh, Darcy, I apologize. Yep, we're going to let Darcy do that. All right. All right. Well, first we have Jane with her hand up. Hey, Jane. You're still muted, Jane. Still muted, Jane. Hey, Jane. Hi. Um, I, I was wondering when are when are you coming to California? If uh, you do, please. <laughs> Jane, come just so you know, Jane. Like that's a tough like, note. Like, like literally thirty seconds after we get our approval notification, I'm calling you. So, um, <laughs> so, you know, it's it's a lot. So we've applied for licenses in every state. Some states were easy, like like in 24 hours they got back to us. Obviously, this is during the pandemic, so some of the offices closed. Um, there's challenges in different states. In some states, some of our pharmacists need to be licensed and uh, they're taking the licensing exams. California has its own level of, of trickiness. I'm not really positive about what the challenges are with California, but we'll, we'll, Jane, we'll get there eventually. I promise. Um, I just, I don't know the exact timeline or where we stand right now with uh, the state pharmacy board. And also oh, yeah. I'll, I'll actually tell a cool story um, mm -hmm. about, um, and the, ultimately, if we get to this point, I may call you before. Um, there's a cool ACB story. The state of Missouri, um, we got rejected from the state of Missouri. We got a really nice letter in the mail. Um, I think it was through email. I don't know. Um, we, we got your application. Uh, we've determined that there are enough providers in the state of Missouri that do what you do. So we're no longer allowed to, we're not able to grant you a license here. So we knew some of the people from the Missouri ACB. We had spoken on their conference, we spoke to some support groups. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, I just want to let you know, I'm really sorry we got rejected. Right. And they were like, apply again. Let them know that you spoke to the, you know, the team here. Um, we apply again. We explain in much more meticulous detail, like how we service patients and how we're different than anything that exists in the state. They uh, rejected us a second time and they were like, you can apply again next year, uh, 12 months from now, and we'll consider it then. And by the way, they cashed our application fee. So they, they had no problem taking our money just to reject us. Um, long story short, the uh, executive board of the Missouri Council uh, of the Blind actually lobbied on our behalf. And uh, within like a, a week, we got approved. And so it's a cool story about like us working with the community to advocate for the community um, and get approved. So if we ever get a hard rejection from uh, California, I'm calling you then too, Jane. And uh, we'll attack together.
All right. Next up, we have Chanel. Hello. I guess before I go any further, I should ask, are you licensed in Texas, the state where I happen to be living currently? We are not. That's actually one of the places where our pharmacist needs to get licensed. Um, and this poor pharmacist who works with us, Eric, who passed his pharmacy boards 20 years ago, is now studying for the Texas pharmacy boards. Okay. Um, so I feel bad for Eric, but uh, he's a trooper. And uh, once we get through that hur hurdle, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that hopefully we'll be able to work in Texas. Well, just in general then, uh, first of all, do you carry durable medical equipment such as insulin pump supplies and the Dexcom, which I know technically can also be billed under pharmacy, but the insurance partly determines what that um, is covered under? Uh, the answer is yes. I'm glad you itemized what specifically we're talking to because, yeah, there's there's obviously there's thousands of durable medical equipment yes, products. Yes. So, so you know the way we position it is, uh, we we have a collection of small accessible medical devices, talking thermometers, talking blood pressure cuffs, but we support everything around diabetes. Fifty three percent of our patients have diabetes, and well, if we broke one down or type like, two. Because sometimes both, you know, type ones it, need more of the um, certain types of supplies than the type twos. Yeah, but it's a combination of both. And off the top of my head, I'm not positive. But amongst our patients, it's the leading cause of blindness. Um, and so to answer your question specifically, uh, we not only if a patient is insulin dependent, we usually can advocate on behalf of the patient to the insurance company and get uh, get that covered. The Dexcom in particular, or the Freestyle Libre. I don't know if you had, we ran a webinar last year with the University of Pennsylvania focusing on just breaking down the different CGMs. Right. Like objectively. So you may want to check it out. Yeah, no, I currently use CGM, the Dexcom. And you how like are it? you getting controlled substances? I know sometimes that can really be one of the reasons to use a service such as yours. I have actually no, uh, not too much difficulty in obtaining enough information using OCR apps on my phone okay. from the labels on the meds. It's because I know what my meds are supposed to be. But, you know, sure. some of the main challenge is, well, one, if you are dealing with other people's medications, as Don, or I'm sorry, um, Marianne said, and, um, oh, yes, and the transportation involved. And that's sometimes where I think accessible pharmacy is really a service as well, because you can, sounds like you deliver the medications. Yes. So a few things. I'll answer each of those things. So and one, I'll shut up now. No, 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 yes, we, we, we have access to controlled substances. It varies from state to state. But for the most part, yes, controlled substances can be delivered and they can be labeled, whether it's your medication or someone who's a caregiver to you or a child or a spouse or a partner, whoever it may be. Um, as far as delivery goes, yeah, we, we deliver it to people's homes. Um, and sort of what Marianne alluded to, if you ever have a situation where you're like, huh, I have this controlled substance, I'm not certain about something on the medication because it's for me or someone else, um, that's where we use Be My Eyes. Um, we're in the specialized help section of Be My Eyes and we actually use Be My Eyes to, like, we have conversations like that every day where someone gets a medication and they're like, one, like on the simplest level, like, what is this? Who's this for? I have a question about drug interactions. I have a question about uh, expiration dates. I have a question about, you know, uh, side effects. And, and we break that all down for the patient as well. So, but the, the punchline of that, my long-winded explanation is, it comes back to what we talked about earlier, which is whatever works for you, Chanel. So if you're like, I want this medication, I want it delivered through the post office because I like the per my, my mailman. Um, I want it with Braille and I want to be able, when I get it, I want to contact you through be my eyes 
and I want you to walk me through the whole thing, um, we can do all that. And right. Chanel, when we get licensed in Texas, I'm calling you second. There's someone else I know there we've been talking to for a while. But the second call I make is going to be to you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Um, next we have Melissa. Good evening or afternoon. <laughs> hey, Melissa. Hi, Andy and Marianne. It's good to talk to both of you again. And uh, no rush, Andy, at getting back with me as far as that email. Um, no rush. It's yeah, okay. I, I just noticed it like two minutes before I logged in here. So I'll, I'll yeah, but, but no rush. back to tomorrow. Okay. Okay. No um, But I just wanted to quickly um, share that. So this last week I had to get a medication right away because we've had rainy weather here in Seattle and I have rods in my back and I need a muscle relaxer for it. Ooh. So, yes. So, because um, I had a surgical procedure in 1998, but I had to have this medication literally right away. And so I called up my pharmacist and um, of course a nurse called me back and asked me some questions because I needed it right away and things like that. But I did not know that, that because I had to have it right away, you guys could not obviously put the label on it. Well, I okay. made a be my eyes call to you guys and I talked with one of your staff members. I think his name was Chris. Okay. Um, really nice gentleman. But he read to me, like, you know, how much I need to take if needed. Um, he also read to me the, the, um, the uh, you know, all the rest of the stuff. The problem that I had was that because I have balance issues, I had a hard time directing my phone correctly um, huh. to the camera. And that took a little bit of time to, to get that sorted out. Of out. Was, 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 was Chris patient with you? Oh, extremely. Oh, good. It, it's just, so, it's just, it's just, you know, we have, we have two, we have three Chris's. We have a Chris who answers the phone. We have a Chris who is, who's a, uh, a pharmacy technician. And we have a Chris who's a pharmacist. So did you know, was it a man or so, a woman, Chris? It, it was a male. Okay. It was did a male. Did he identify himself as a pharmacist? Um, no, but I, I think he's one of your front desk people because, um, I remember I talked to him the first time I ever called oh, you cool. guys. I recognize his voice. Yeah. I'm just asking because I want to get, I want to give him a compliment tomorrow and, and, and thank him. So I'm sorry, yeah, but, but, I cut you off. Continue your story. Oh no, 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 you're fine. But no, I, I just had to say that was a really excellent way for me to know what, I, cause I have two different medications in my possessions and they feel the same, right? Mm. So, you know, because they're kind of, they're, they're in the same type of a bottle, and like I said, because I had to get it right away, you got, you know, obviously they could, they couldn't send it to you guys to put the labels on it. Right, right. So do, do you have ways around that? If you have to have a medication right off the bat, like that day, how do you guys manage that? Could, could, do, do I just do the be my eyes call? Yeah, just think about this. We can actually do the work for you and communicate with your, once you're under our care, you know, we can communicate to a local pharmacy to get you this stuff. However, we have no control over what kind of packaging or labeling solutions that pharmacy has. The alternative is we overnight it to you if you can wait 24 hours. Oh, really? Okay. That I didn't know. Yeah. So it just, it depends on the product and whatever. Um, but yeah, I get it. My, my, my mother-in-law has metal bars in her back. Um, and I know how the weather can actually impact that. I know the, the discomfort and pain. So um, yeah. I'm sorry. But um, I'm glad that Chris was able to help you. But like, call us. Obviously, we can help you. We'll we'll roll up our sleeves and make it work. Okay. Um. Well, that's great. But I'm glad that you guys had that service. And by the way, if you do use Be My Eyes and you want and you go to that specialized help, 
and it says accessible pharmacy service, it will say whether they're opened or closed. Oh, thank um, you so much. Hey, yeah. You're on the West Coast. We're on the East Coast. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we actually have, uh, yeah, we turn on our, access, our our specialized help from 10 o'clock to 4 o'clock Eastern time. Um, in an emergency, we have the ability, like, if you want to like email us, we can probably turn like activate it quickly to hop on. But um, we don't have people like actually like there waiting for the calls to come in. Sure. But that was a great help. And um, I appreciate that service. And um Look forward to talking to you again. <laughs> oh, right on. Thanks so much, Melissa. Thank uh, you. I'll circle back around with you tomorrow. All right. Next up is Herbie. All right. Well, first of all, I'm. Am I unmuted? You are. No, no we hear. Oh, we can hear you. We heard. You. Okay. You I thought I had something else. Um, first of all, I'm definitely one of those waiting for the uh, you to become licensed in Texas. So, if there's any kind of medication you can give. Uh, Eric to hyper speed his mind so he can get studied <laughs> and licensed. Um, I deal with a nightmare situation where I have a mail order pharmacy and a lot of the medications come in several bottles and I have two different doctors that prescribe different things and I don't know, I just can't, I have struggled to remember which is which and what is supposed to do what and I kind of have a handle on it but to, and not, ma okay, I'm being corrected by my better half here, it's not mail order, it's a delivery <laughs> pharmacy, but um, I actually, though, I'm not going to, as much as I want to whine about my situation, um, I actually just wanted to make a comment on something you talked about earlier that really impressed me. And I think this is super, super important. And that is when you were talking about how you extended your services to those p refugees in, uh, you know, Pittsburgh and... I think it's important for people to realize that accessibility can really ex expand beyond just helping like your you know own group, whether it's blind people or people in wheelchairs. It can help other sighted people too. You know, I was just thinking, you know, for instance, like I know some sighted people that are fully sighted who speak very good English, but uh, they struggle with reading small print as they're getting mm -hmm. older. So I was just thinking, hey, I wonder if they'd benefit from talking labels on any medication bottles, you know, in their future, if they would benefit in the future. And, uh, you know, it's because of you guys investing in technology to help the blind people that, you know, they themselves might benefit from one day too. So I think it's important to mm -hmm. for people to realize that helping people with disabilities can extend far beyond what you might imagine oh herbie you nailed it it's like the concept of accessibility it's like everyone has a barrier to access some yep. people's barriers are, are like very simple you know like super simple some people are pretty complicated there's financial implications there's language implications there's cultural implications there's uh you know you know issues with disabilities um it's interesting we just started working with some of these afghani refugees and uh, some of their challenges, like they've never been exposed to Western medicine before. Nope. Right? So they're like, they've never seen a doctor, some of these people. And nope. all of a sudden we're saying, okay, now here's in America, there's a doctor, there's an insurance company, there's a pharmacist, there's, <laughs> you know, your local resettlement, re you know, refugee resettlement agency. Like just like navigating that whole thing um, is, is incredibly creates inaccessibility for them. And so, uh, yeah, you nailed it. It's uh, it, it's 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 unfortunately ubiquitous. Um, the the biggest challenge we have is uh, we don't we don't get reimbursed any extra money by the insurance companies to provide things that make us accessible. 
Mm. So the good and the bad of that. The bad is we work on really tight profit margins. The good is no one else wants to touch it. And that's why we're the only ones <laughs> who do what we do. You know, right? Um, I've gotten to the point where I, when I do presentations or I'm writing a letter, um, I say you know uh, accessible pharmacy services for the blind or other people with medication and health management issues. Oh, who are challenged by medication and health management. Mary, we're gonna talk tomorrow. To. I add that to the website. And, and in the meantime, you're creating a monopoly that nobody else is going to object to. So you know, uh, yeah. but that's that's the plan, you know. So and hopefully, you know, uh, as society I, I see evolves and matures, <laughs> no, that, that's why you get along well with Apple, right? You know, no, um, <laughs> no, no. Another question, real question, I do have, like, um, so do you also like, you know, if you ever get licensed here in Texas, do you also deliver medications to like? Uh, antibiotics and if you do would you like i recently had a situation where i finally got some antibiotics from my pharmacy but it took them like a couple weeks to finally get to me and so is that something i would expect a slow turnaround time from from you guys or would you say in a situation like where i need something right away go to like my local cvs or whatever what's interesting so i'll tell you a personal story um it's about a year ago at this point i guess uh, I woke up with a sinus infection. I knew it was a sinus infection because I get sinus infections like all the time, right? Um, mm-hmm. I contact my doctor's office and I hop on the uh, a Zoom call with my physician. I explain to her what's going on. She agrees with me it's a sinus infection. And she's like, do you want an antibiotic? And I said, yes. I had a few options. Don't forget, I own a pharmacy, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> option number one, I could have gotten in my car and driven to our medication distribution center, which is about 45 minutes away. But I, I didn't have the energy to, like, you know, even answer no. the phone. Right? So that wasn't going to work. Um, I could have overnighted it to myself and gotten it first thing next morning. Um, I could have paid for a medical courier to get it to me, which would have cost an extra 100 bucks Oof. for something that had, like, a $5 copay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or, um, you know, once be me being under the care of my pharmacy, uh, the other option was given to me. It was like, hey, if you want, we can find a local pharmacy for you. We'll call it in. We'll give them the insurance information, and you can just go pick it up. And there's a CVS block, like two blocks from my house, and that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, we get calls at least once a week from someone who's like on vacation, who's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I'm here in Miami. I'm at a wedding, and I left my meds at home. Can you help me?" Um, and we 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 get them like a three day supply, doing those same things, overnighting it or finding a local pharmacy. So. Um, uh, to come back to your point, as far as accessing the antibiotics, most antibiotics, and there's obviously anomalies, um, they're pretty easy. We either have it in inventory or we can get it in 24 hours. But there's about, right. there's about six minutes to the top of the hour. Yeah, and can we take, yeah, can we take this last hand yes, and, and, then hand and then wind you know, up? Donna needs to talk, so. Oh, sure. Yeah, thanks for your question, Herbie. question. Yep, you're good. That, that did. Perfect. Okay, next up is Carol. Uh, good evening. I have uh, several diabetes medications that I take, and one of them is the Libre uh, Freestyle okay. sensor. Um, and I sometimes have trouble. They might they don't stay on, or they they you know come off in the middle of the cycle. What? Do you, can you do anything about that? 
obviously we can't control the adhesive of the thing, but if you needed help, like, like putting it on, um, well, I guess, I guess I I should say, do can you, can, could I get additional ones if I had that problem? You know, would I be able to? Oh, absolutely. If you're having this, we'll advocate to your insurance company to get the insurance company to pay for it. If the insurance company won't pay for it, you can pay for it out of pocket, but you know, either way we can get them for you. Okay. And the next question have you had any trouble getting trulicity you know to be frank with you i'm I'm not familiar with specific drugs (laughs) in our division of labor like i'm on the business side i leave the insurance and the medication stuff to the the specialist that be so um if you want to what state are you in west virginia oh okay um if you want to call us tomorrow we can answer that specific questions and find out the availability and, and and access for you Okay. Well, thank you very much. And again, the number is 888-633-7007 or ask Siri. 888. I got it. 633. 633? Yep. 633 7007. Got it. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Carol. We've got about four minutes till the top of the hour. I guess we turn it back uh, to you, Donna. Okay. Well, Marianne and Andy, thank you so much. And Andy, if I come to Philadelphia, I don't really want a cup of coffee. I want a cheesesteak sandwich. <laughs> There's none better than Philadelphia cheesesteaks. Uh, I'll buy the sandwich and we'll go out for drinks. <laughs> Adult beverages. Oh, well, a Coke is fine with me. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, take, uh, anyway. I'll take her adult beverage. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Carol. Right. But I, I want to thank Marianne and Andy for giving up their time this evening to share information about a wonderful service. I've been blessed and really need very little medication. So oh <laughs> at this point in my life, thankfully. Um, anyway. Uh, so, um, you know, be, be sure if you need to call them to call them cause it, and I love that be my eyes, uh, option that that's, that's really good. Uh, but anyway, thank all of you for coming, but I want to let you know that our May seven up time will be May 8th, seven o'clock PM. That's why it's called it seven up time. We are actually going to have a Tupperware party. Uh, you don't have to buy, but we encourage people to come and, and at least listen. And I guess if you can see, there'll be some visual stuff um, to see. Um, and I think, Carol, am I right? There could be some maybe door prizes or is that at the bingo one? Uh, I think at both. Okay. So you could have a chance to win a door prize. Um, so May 8th will be a Tupperware party and you would have the opportunity to ask questions and um, all that kind of thing. Uh, Tupperware guarantees lifetime warranty. Uh, I'll just kind of help the Tupperware distributor along a little bit there. Um, and then two weeks from then, uh, and I don't know how we'll advertise, but anyway, we'll worry about that in a little bit. Then we're going to actually have a, a bingo uh, in conjunction with the Tupperware party there will be emails coming out okay so if you are on the mountain state council email list you will see more information uh but also i think if i play my cards right i think it can appear 
at the bottom of the community um, event schedule at some point when when we have some more information available. But please join us May 8th. And again, thank you, uh, Andy and Marianne. And thank you, Darcy and Chanel for volunteering your time. And we will see all of you in May, I hope. And if I can add one more thing. Oh, yeah, um, quick. <clears throat> it may take longer than an hour. So okay. be prepared to allot an extra hour just in case. Okay. Well, I can, uh, you know, adjust that. Okay. Thank you all. And everyone have a good evening.